It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. December is here. National Signing Day is almost here. Penn State coaches are out on the road recruiting, except for one longtime James Franklin assistant. The news breaking Tuesday that Brent Pry, a defensive coordinator here at Penn State for six years and a member of James Franklin's staff for 11, has decided his 31st year in coaching will be his first as a head coach. He's off to Virginia Tech. Ryan, let's start there. I don't know where else to start. We did hit it on the BWI Daily Edition on Tuesday, but it's news that continues to impact Penn State and will for some time now until James Franklin makes a hire, which we'll get into that a little bit later. But just your initial reaction to Brent Pry moving on to a job that clearly held a lot more uh, weight, I guess you could say, to him than maybe we knew based on the fact that he had spent a few years there back in the mid-1990s. Yeah. Bud Foster, man. I mean, he, he's played a big role in his coaching career, and uh, that's uh, makes a lot of sense now when you kind of look back on it. Uh, right. First off, I'll say congrats to Brent. He, he and his family are great people. They've been awesome to us throughout his entire time here. And, you know, kind of, I don't want to say felt overdue, but, you know, it, he's been linked for multiple years now, and he was clearly waiting for the right opportunity. And to anybody second guess that this isn't the right opportunity would be silly. So really happy for him. I'll be curious to see the staff he puts together. And, and a big reason for that is from talking to people right now, I get the impression that they feel pretty good as far as keeping the class together. And, you know, as long as uh, there's not a big uh, drop off as far as assistant coaches going with him or going elsewhere, then I think things should be pretty good as far as the class is concerned. But uh, that was the one thing that people have brought up to me. It's just that, you know, we got to, they got to keep every, every other assistant here. And of course, John Scott's the guy that I think everybody will point to. Uh, now I think JC Price is, is sticking with uh, Brent Pry down there. He's the defensive line coach there. As long as he's the D line coach, I'd be surprised if, if Scott is added, but uh, right now they seem to feel pretty good as far as keeping this staff together and, um, we'll see. We got 14 days to go, so only time will tell. So it appears that the first hire is in, is in from Brent Pry. This is coming from Football Scoop saying that former Savannah State coach Sean Quinn is the first hire he has made for his Hokie staff. Quinn has been kind of a little bit of everything. He was on staff with uh, Brent Pry at Georgia Southern earlier in this, I guess, this past decade. Um, mm -hmm. He can kind of coach a number of positions. Wouldn't be shocked to see him. The question Brent probably has to ask himself is the same one that every head coach has to ask himself for the most part. Is he going to call plays or is he giving that up? And it wouldn't surprise mm -hmm. me if Sean Quinn's kind of the defensive play caller and has a defensive coordinator title, but Brent Pry has a pretty big impact on that. So we'll see. But that report coming from Football Scoop on December 1st, about 1040 a.m. So as always with the coaching carousel, when you listen to these podcasts, some of the things we discuss might already be done one way or the other. So keep that in mind. Yeah. You can always get the latest news, bluewhiteillustrated.com. But yeah, you know, the fact that Brent Pry is retaining J.C. Price at Virginia Tech, the current interim head coach, past defensive line coach, kind of tells you that maybe John Scott Jr. is not going to go with him. And I think Brent, I, I feel like Brent Pry would not take somebody who's a full-time assistant from James Franklin's staff 
without his blessing. And now if it's a promotion, that's a different thing. If you're hiring a guy to be a defensive coordinator or an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. it's a different thing. But to bring a guy with you for a lateral move, I just don't – they've known each other a long time. I just don't know. Unless Penn State was, like, ready to move in a different direction anyway, and then it really wouldn't matter. But we'll see. When Ricky Ronnie left, a you know, different level, different deal. By the way, they're going to open the next season against each other. I don't know if you know that or not. but it's. Ricky I did. Ronnie I did see yeah, that. Brent Price. Yeah. So that should be fun. Uh, that game's currently on the same Saturday that Penn State plays Purdue. I was hoping that maybe that would be like a Thursday night deal or something. It would be cool to get out mm-hmm. and watch those guys. But at any rate, um, that's here nor there. That's a long time. What, hey, one other thing I'll say yeah. is also Ryan Smith. He's the defensive right. back coach there. He was a grad assistant at Penn State. I, I – He's, from what I've gathered, he's a, he's been Vatek's best recruiter for maybe the last year or two now, and I just I'd be surprised if if Smith isn't retained there. I mean, I, I really don't I don't know much about their relationship or anything like that, but just from what I know about Smith on the recruiting trail, he's he's a, a major name in, in Virginia and, and really well respected. So I'd be curious, I'd be I'd be surprised if he's not uh, still on that staff for for Brent Pride. That seems like an easy uh, addition or hire, I guess you'd say. Yes, so we shall see. Brent Pry, of course, has to work quickly to build his staff at Virginia Tech because uh, Brian Kelly is trying to assemble a staff. Lincoln Riley is trying to assemble a staff. There are jobs open all over the place. Guess what? Uh, The Athletic reporting Wednesday morning that Joe Moorhead is locked in pretty much as the next Akron head coach as soon as Oregon plays in the Pac-12 title game. Guess what? He's got to be building a staff. You know, there's a lot of assistant coach movement on the horizon, And just like we're seeing with schools, you don't want to be left kind of holding the bag and on the outside looking in of the top guys that are out there. So you have to move quickly. And that's why as we transition this conversation into the Penn State side of things, Penn State feels good, as you said earlier, about being able to keep its class together. But there's a lot of traveling that can be done over the next 15, well, I guess it's really 11 days through uh, Saturday Mm -hmm. of next week. So... You want to be able to get out and go see guys, especially 2023 guys, and you want your next defensive play caller, if you can make it happen, to be out there making those trips and also meeting your class of 2022 guys before they sign. Now, look, if Mm -hmm. I remember correctly, when they made the transition from Ronnie to Shiraka, those guys signed prior to that hire being made. And James Franklin, they were just, you know, they trusted him that he was going to get something done, that he couldn't really go into details, but that it was going to work out. And so... You can do that again here, but there's just, you know, with the way things went with not being on the road in 2020 and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's so much value in getting out and seeing guys. And so for those Mm -hmm. wondering why these things happen as quickly as they do or why they happen on November 30th or December 1st or whatever, that's 100% the reason. It's the gift and the curse of the early signing period, right? I mean, it's – and this is why – I mean, I've always felt like the early signing period needs to be before the season, but that's also the issue, right, is you, you have these kids locked up for Oklahoma now and they would be totally screwed, same with Notre Dame. Uh, but it does feel like – I mean, the early signing period is a major reason why Clay Helton was let go in September and, and, and you know, why Ogeron was let go a while back. I mean, that that's feels like the main reason now. So that, that, when in regards to Penn State, it's – yeah, it's exactly what you said. I mean, if they can get a defensive coordinator in – by you know this time next week, then they can squeeze in a couple really important visits over those last couple of days of the contact period, and we'll get into the contact period and just kind of the ins and outs of that here at, at the end of the pod. But I think that's an incredibly important uh, part that Franklin would like to have addressed. One other thing I was going to add earlier um, that just kind of came to my mind is I, I don't know if Vatek has the budget 
to outscoot, you know, to, to steal away assistance right. from Penn State now. That was a major point of Franklin's last contract extension a couple years ago. And now, it, I, from what I understand, those terms have only been upgraded even more uh, for, for Franklin to be able to, to outbid anybody who comes to try and steal his assistance. So uh, that's just be something to watch. And, and I do kind of agree with your point, though, where it, it does – it would seem – Strange to me, I guess, for for pride to steal away guys uh, for for lateral moves, but is is big boy is this big boy football man? Anything kind of happens here, but to, yeah, from the outside looking in, that does make sense. I, I would be kind of surprised by that, but it's really about John Scott. You know, if he's here, I think you'll be fine with Zane Durant. Uh, you know, of course, uh, you know Zane was the one guy who really went elsewhere. Anthony Poindexter, he's a he's a he's a is, what's Cavaliers is it Wahoo or whatever I don't know what they yep. say down there he's a, he's a he's a he's a Virginia lifer you know I, I just surprised me if he were to to move to Vatech uh, and then you know the offensive staff seems pretty pretty firm right now uh, from what from what we gathered but uh, you know there's 14 days to go to the early signing period so who knows what'll happen. I mean, I think you look, you're, if you're, when we're talking about, I mean, look, he just didn't go hire the Savannah State ex-head coach because he has globs of money to spend. I don't care how good the guy is. Yeah. And from what I'm reading just briefly here while we were, uh, before we started the podcast, I mean, he does get rave reviews in the coaching community, so I'm sure he's good. At the same time, if you can hire somebody with a little bit more oomph, you would in most cases. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I look at, uh, you know, obviously you always look to the graduate assistant uh, ranks potentially with uh, these moves. And, you know, does a guy like Deion Barnes get a promotion? Does a guy like, uh, you know, Wendy Laurent get a promotion on the offensive side of things? I I don't know, but that's where you kind of look here, I think, more than anything else. And I'll be curious, too, Brent Pry, obviously, you mentioned it earlier, but your coordinators typically at Penn State aren't doing a ton of on-the-road recruiting, and they're not – they are hard workers and they are invested in and blah blah blah. But they're not mm-hmm. the you know they're not going out on the road or, you know and doing all this crazy stuff. Ren Pride was good at it, better than some other coordinators. But you know the one thing I'll be interested in too is do any recruiting staffers get a bump up from Penn State to go to Virginia Tech? And that's something that yeah you know again we talk about off the field stuff and you know this that and the other thing does it matter does it not? But it does, and they're not the easiest people in the world to replace. I mean, you know, I will say this. This is getting way off topic, but Penn State had big turnover in Andy Frank's uh, recruiting department recently, and they've done a tremendous mm-hmm. job of some of them learning on the fly, some of them here for the first time, some of them with no ties to Penn State. Uh, tremendous job. So just something to keep in mind there. Even if they don't come and get the off on-field staffers, the off-field staffers could also possibly jump uh, to Virginia Tech. I'd well. be surprised if, if somebody from the off field doesn't move, right? I mean, even whether it's with Brent or – I mean, there's just – there's a lot of names back there that we don't talk about as much because we talk about those 10 assistant coaches all the time. But right. uh, that that there's turnover there every year. So to expect somebody to not get some sort of promotion to some place uh, would probably be naive to, to think that. So, yeah. But they definitely want to keep their recruiting staff intact because, yeah, there was major turnover uh, just last year and really even the year before that too. Right. And, Obviously, they put together this incredible class now. Uh, those guys are doing something right. So I would I would definitely think that that would be uh, an area people will look at. Uh, and obviously, Franklin will, will want to do everything he can to keep them, for sure. It is the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. We're talking on the first day of December as the early signing period nears. Ryan, Penn State has 25 Class of 2022 commits as we sit here and talk today. That's because Spencer Rowland, who was number 26, 
The uh, Harvard offensive lineman, all Ivy League guy who was supposed to transfer in is no longer doing so. Regardless of the reason that that's the case, my question to you is this. Where does Penn State go at this point from a numbers perspective? We've talked before about how tight Mm -hmm. it is, and we've talked before about saving for the transfer portal and so on and so forth. And the question just is, how much do you push for current high school guys versus saving it for transfer portal guys? And just let's touch on it real quick, you know, and we can get to it in the the coaches on the road section too, but it kind of all ties together. Uh, You have some new news from J-Shar Barm, who no one ever asked about, by the way, so – uh, first time for everything <laughs> well, on this podcast. The first thing I'll say with Roland is that was kind of a mutual decision. Um, that's kind of the phrase that uh, it's been explained to me, so that's what we will call it. Uh, but, yeah, it was kind of both agreed that maybe uh, the move wouldn't be the right move. We'll leave it at that. So what you do from there, obviously, Notre Dame just lost their head coach, Emil Wagner. Hello. You know, I would think that they're going to definitely try to push there. I do not have an in-home visit or anything like that confirmed. I would assume that Emil Wagner would like to know who Notre Dame head coach is before he would uh, potentially make a move like that anyway. So that's just a name to keep in mind. I'll definitely like to try and and dig and learn there. But I still – I definitely get the impression that, you know, in September and maybe midway through October – you know, we were still talking a lot more about high school guys. And then towards the end of October and into November, whenever I started asking about that, it was, you know, I'll throw throw this name at you, Larry Turner Good, and I'll throw this name, I'll throw that name. It was all kind of, yeah, not so much anymore. Kind of those were the kind of the, the reactions I got. And whether that's because um, it, I don't really know if it was, you know, the player not progressing the way they thought or whatever it may be. But it, I, I really genuinely believe it's more so they need to address guys in the portal. And I think as they, the season went on, they realized that they have more holes there than they probably thought um, a month and a half earlier. So that And that makes complete sense, right? So, yes, uh, they've had two guys come off now uh, when you include Jordan Allen as well. And numbers are always going to be tight. I mean, when, when we were at when, – when Penn State was at 27 um, commitments, when you include Allen and, and Roland, I mean, I was getting the impression then that they were already – over the limit like that. And they were still trying to add Barham and we're talking about Emil Wagner and other guys. So <laughs> when I was talking to people uh, behind the scenes, man, they were uh, worried, I guess, is how in the hell they're going to make all these numbers work. So right. th- these numbers might not lead to anybody specific. They might just be uh, to get back to 85 uh, down the road, which you don't have to be at until you get closer to the season. But only time's just going to tell. We don't know who yet is leaving Penn State uh, in the portal. So we're just kind of in this little wait and see period. And, you know, I, I can dig on it all you want. And and um, my colleagues will too. But there's just not a lot of answers right now. And that's really the, the best way to be blunt about it. Uh, I, I've asked about who I need to watch for in the portal, who I need to watch for leaving. And, you know, people are pretty, I feel pretty open with me about that stuff. And right now it's just a lot of like, uh, we're kind of in wait and see mode. So I feel like that's going to drag on a little bit uh, longer. There will definitely be guys leaving the program. That's that's a given. It's just when we get those announcements and whether it will be in time um, before the early signing period, I think is just something to kind of watch. But Look, we know – I guess one other guy, I mean, we'll throw in there is Derek Moore too, who you right. know was committed to Oklahoma. He's a top defensive tackle prospect that Penn State really wanted. Uh, we know James Franklin's going down there today. We'll get into coaching uh, visits here in a second, but that's one one really important one. He's, he's supposed to do a, a stop at St. Francis today, do an in-home visit with Andre Roy. Um, not an in-home uh, with Derek Moore yet. I think that could maybe become next week depending on how things progress. But uh, he will definitely be talking to, uh, you know, Moore – 
Roy and Barham at the school today. He might be doing, I mean, we're recording this at like 11 o'clock. That might actually be happening right about now. So uh, we'll, we will try and learn as much as we can, but those St. Francis guys are very quiet. So it's kind of just, you get information from sources and you leave it at that. So um, should I hit on the, the Barham thing you were hitting at? I mean, just kind of, that's, yeah, we can that's the interesting the nugget. Section. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit that in the last section as we get into coaches on the road and, and kind of how that all plays out. And, you know, James Franklin said for uh, following, rather, the loss at Michigan State, that they would hit the road recruiting pretty quickly, and they have certainly done that. So just wrapping up that middle section there, as you mentioned, the numbers are tight, and that's going to be something to watch moving forward here. And to your point, again, I will stress that when you're listening to this and when news breaks, do not always align, but – I believe according to uh, the 247 guys, it was like 100 and some kids in the transfer portal on Monday. And there was a lot more of them on Tuesday. As someone who gets the tweet notifications, it just it's a never-ending cycle. <laughs> and, you know, the question just becomes, uh, Penn State is not going to be immune from that. They were last year for the most part. I mean, Tyler Rudolph is already in. Uh, let me just say that. But he's not going to be the only one. And well, they need him Mm-mm. to not be the only one. Then yeah, the numbers are they really need guys to leave, work. right? Yeah. So that is all coming. If they want to wait until after uh, the bowl game, I think for content purposes, the people like us who make it would be okay with that. But at any rate, uh, let's move into the final <laughs> portion of this first Blue White Illustrated recruiting podcast of December. Ryan, the coaches as we said are on the road, and we'll keep teasing yeah. that Jayshar and Barham thing. But let's start first with. Just kind of how this works, what James Franklin can do, uh, what his assistants can do that he cannot, how long mm-hmm. they're on the road, do they come back on the weekends? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. They stay out on the weekends. Let's just kind mm-hmm. of dive through the nitty-gritty that sometimes I think people forget about and just like the tweets and the offers and things like that. Yeah, so uh, they can be out on the road on the weekends, uh, but for the most part, that hasn't been what we've seen in the past. Uh, so basically what we're in right now is called the contact period. And there's a couple different periods uh, in the recruiting calendar. There's the quiet period, which isn't quiet at all. <laughs> I don't know why it's still called the quiet period. The quiet period is just kind of, a, you know, in-person recruiting um, is just a little bit more limited. There's the dead period when that's actually, you know, when things are quiet. Uh, there, there's just no uh, in-person visits then. There's evaluation periods. You get that during the season. You get that in the spring. That's when coaches go out and, you know, watch players work out their school. And then evaluation period in September and October and November is when players go or coaches go to games to, to watch players play. Uh, right now, what we're in is called the contact period. And this is when coaches are allowed to go to the school and they're allowed to go to, you know, players' homes and, and have those in-home meetings. There are two of those periods throughout the year. There's right now we're in November 28th to December 11th. So it's a two week period and we're going to see every one of Penn State's coaches be on the road for the majority of those days. And maybe not all 14 of them, but uh, I would think at least 10, 11. Uh, One thing like we don't normally see them too often on the weekends, but 
there's playoff games that are on the weekends. And that's usually kind of when you see a coach go to a playoff game or something like that. For example, Jaden Rashada is a top quarterback in 2023. He plays on Saturday and I'm hearing that Yurchich might be at that game. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. I think it's still kind of getting worked out, but there's also one other contact period. Then we have, we have a dead period for the bowl games, you know, December 13th to the third, to January 13th. And then it opens up again for another contact period, uh, January 14th through the 29th. And Penn State should have the majority of its 2022 class done then. So that's when we'll see them do a lot of stopping at 2023 schools. Uh, they can't have in-person contact with 2023 guys yet. Uh, they're allowed to say hi and have a quick, like, you know, one minute talk, but they can't bump sit them down, take them the out of class. Yeah, on. the bump rule. Yeah, the good old bump rule. Um, <laughs> some funny rules. Uh, yeah, which probably is more like a five minute talk, if we're being honest, but they can't take them out of class and, you know, sit down for 45 minutes and give the pitch. That's what they can only do with, with, uh, 2022 guys at the moment. So, uh, that we'll get to that January period down the road, but right now, uh, the, I think the one other big thing fans need to know is that coaches, the assistant coaches can go to a player school each of these two weeks. James Franklin can only do it once. And that's, of course, for all head coaches across the country. I'm not I never really got a full answer on why that is. I would assume it's so schools can't just send their head coach all the time right. to their their most important prospect. And um, it kind of gives a dis, um, you know, an I unfair advantage I, I, for the kid. I mean, like if, if the scene. Yeah, that's your school every single day. And you're trying. I mean, I look. I get it. It's, but I mean, yeah, these big time recruits, they love the attention. Some of them, some of them absolutely hate it. But I mean, if you're pulling a kid out of class for an hour every single day, I just think it'd become a little bit. Well, that's going to happen regardless, though. Sure, it's just going to be sure. assistant coaches. That's already happening. I, I'm just kind of curious more so why James Franklin can't go see, uh, you know. Drew Aller twice, and Drew's a bad example because he's committed. But you know why? I just always wonder. Be honest, probably I, because the head coaches don't want to do it, and they put a rule into well, that's make it so that they can't. That's I mean, I, I I do think it's partly because of how much they have on their plate, um, right. a little bit more. I, I do. I've always kind of thought that, but that's an answer I'd like to get. I'll have to ask around it a little bit more. But um, but anyway, yeah, assistant coaches will be there twice, so you know we'll see the assistant coaches. Uh, you know, probably go to multiple, you know, school this week and a school next week for, you know, some of their committed guys. Uh, we saw, so we did see a couple of in-home visits already. Zane Durant was the big one. I think that's really notable that the first day possible, they go to Zane Durant's home uh, and, and have, I guess the second day possible, the, they go. What? It was the first sign to me anyway, that maybe something might be up with Brent Pry. And now look, with that's Brent. with hindsight being 2020. Um, but number one, you know, to start, it, it made sense to me that they would start in Florida and put a big presence in Florida. It also wasn't lost on me that the first guy they went to see was one of the only players in this class who has made a visit elsewhere. And they did mm -hmm. so without the defensive coordinator. That was kind of probably mm -hmm. the first sign that something was going on. I mean, it did come earlier Monday when ESPN reported that Virginia Tech and Pry were kind of maybe eyeing each other up a little bit, so to speak. But, yeah, uh, that was a big telltale sign as well. Um, and then, yeah, mm -hmm. they're on the road, as as you will get into here. We keep most of this stuff behind the paywall at the Lions Den Premium Forum. You can join us there today for just $1. You didn't miss it because Cyber Monday is over. You get full access to Blue White Illustrated and on three for an entire year, 365 days for $1. Ryan, we'll do a little bit of teasing here on some of the things you're posting uh, behind the Lions Den Forum. Let's get into that now as we close down the show. What do you want to share? 
let's be honest, our promotion's been like Cyber November. You know, That's it's right. just been running one dollar for a month I now, mean, and it's going to go in December. Like that anymore? Like Cyber Monday, Black Friday. Yeah, it's like, true. They used to be this big, like you know, if somebody said to me the other day, "Well, aren't you going to look for Cyber Monday deals?" No, because they exist. <laughs> they exist all month, and they'll exist into the December. One thing. Yeah, what I was in. So the reason we're doing this today is because I was in New York Monday, Tuesday uh, with my wife. So apologize for being late. But I was in uh, Macy's, the big Macy's store up there on Monday. And <laughs> they're running promotions in the store for Cyber Monday. I just thought that was kind of funny. Like all the signs were Cyber Monday, but it's not cyber at all. I'm in the store. So I just thought that was uh, interesting, I guess you you'd say. But anyway, back to And order stuff on your phone. Isn't that what people do nowadays? Um. Kind of my wife actually kind of did that a little bit, but that's only because they didn't have the shoes she wanted. But anyway, all right, let's get back to recruiting. So, yeah, uh, Zane Durant, of course, was that big one right off the bat. Uh, I have a call out to Zane. We'll, I'll try and get a little feedback on it. But uh, all signs have been, you know, that that Miami visit was just a precautionary thing in case James Franklin leaves. And I think as long as John Scott's here, that will be fine. So, you know, Scott remains the guy to kind of watch there. But again, with Price and all that situation, I think. Penn State feels good that that they'll be okay there. So let's see uh, how it works over the next two weeks. So the the Zane or the the Zane Durant, the Jayshon Barham thing, I was teasing at a little bit is that I've been told that he's not going to host any coaches at his home. So coaches are still going to go to school uh, and they will try to talk to him there. But it, it kind of fits Jayshon Barham's recruitment, right? I mean, kind he's been incredibly fits. quiet. Fits. It absolutely yeah. fits. And that was kind of one of the things that it's like memory uh, foam. Penn State maps, sources, man. it fits perfect. Yeah. Yeah, so that was one thing Penn State sources were kind of – so I, I didn't report this until I talked to some colleagues from other schools to make sure they were getting the same thing, and they are. So he's telling all schools this, that he does not want to host any of them. So South Carolina, Maryland, I don't even know if Oklahoma's still in anymore. I would assume they're really not. Uh, but he's telling all of them that he doesn't want to host them at their home, uh, which, again, is just kind of fitting because he's been incredibly quiet. He's not one of those guys who does the the, the daily or the weekly texts and calls. He's just – keeps to himself and hey i mean i respect it to some degree <laughs> it's been hard to get information on it but in this world where daily you know recruiting is truly a daily thing i i understand how frustrating or hectic that would be so i don't expect penn state to do an in-home visit with jay sean barham i don't expect any of those schools to do it now we know james franklin is at st francis today i think they could be doing that visit right now while we're doing this for all i know so that's something to keep in mind i'm sure um you know, John Scott or somebody else will be going to James or will be going to St. Francis next week. James will not be able to because he's doing it today. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, one other visit yesterday was notable. Uh, there's a lot of visits that are notable, but one we'll get into is that. So uh, they went to IMG yesterday and this was a, a good chunk of the staff was that that visit uh, to see Katron Allen. And of course, with Katron Allen's family up in Virginia, James and Jaylon Sider had to meet with Katron at the school and then they have to meet with the family on the same day uh, or they'll have to wait another week. That's one of those so they got to fly all the way up to Virginia then to meet with his parents that night. So IMG during the day, parents at night. Between then, they went down to Miami and saw a couple schools there. And one of the guys they met with was Wesley Besaint, uh, top linebacker prospect from Miami Central. I still, it's hard for me to see him coming north, but Penn State is still chipping away. He did take an official visit to Penn State in the summer, so we can't rule him out yet. Um, you know, the fact that he hasn't even committed yet to Miami or Florida State is interesting to me because I thought that they were pretty much becoming the clear favorites there. Of course, neither school had a great season, too, uh, although Penn State finished seven and five, so it's not a huge difference there. But 
Uh, that's just something to keep in mind. He's He'll be a guy that I try and dig on a little bit. Uh, Mike Yurchich's schedule is pretty interesting, too. You know, he uh, – he, we know he saw Bo Pribula for an in-home visit Monday. He then went to see Drew Aller on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, he also went to see Dante Moore, top 2023 quarterback. I mean, he's clearly, without a doubt, uh, Yurch is his top 2023 quarterback target. It's so that a, was an in-home uh, visit. Big Ten shaping recruitment. Or an in-school. Big Ten shaping recruitment, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, with Notre Dame, too. But obviously, now well, Notre Dame was, situation yeah, is interesting. Is, yeah. I have to wait and see. I always kind of thought Michigan was becoming the favorite there. And now with Michigan having the season they're having, uh, I, I, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't opened up too much about in recent days or recent weeks about, you know, Michigan, but I, I always kind of got a Michigan vibe there. Uh, and now I would kind of have Notre Dame second, Penn State probably third. That's kind of what I was thinking, uh, at least as of like what the end of October. So I got to check up on some things there. One other guy Yurchis is going to see is JJ Cole. He's a 2023 quarterback from Iowa. I'm actually expecting him to be somewhere uh, either, I think either this morning or the afternoon, he's going to check up on Cole. Penn State has not offered Cole yet, uh, but he has a handful of offers. I believe Florida State's one, Iowa's one, Iowa State, Nebraska, and Missouri. So he could be a name to watch as far as those next offers going out. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Yurchich is also supposed to be uh, checking up on Jaden Rashada uh, out in California. I thought that visit was going to take place Friday, but then I learned, well, Rashada has a game on Saturday and I, you know, they can't go two days. So, uh, you know, that, that might be a, a visit that gets pushed back to Saturday and be one of those few that are over the weekend. So that's, I thought some interesting stuff with him for the most part, a lot of these other visits are really just kind of them trying to lock up their committed guys. And it's, it's in home visits, uh, with all the guys who are committed, you know, we know like for, for today, for example, Terry Smith's going to go see Christian driver. And I believe uh, Taylor Stubblefield is going to go see Amari. Heard from in a while. Yeah, well, yeah, Christian was always incredibly quiet. I, I was fortunate and just got a foot in the door with him and his family early, and uh, I just one of the few people that he actually regularly spoke with. Uh, so he's another guy I definitely want to get in touch with. I believe he was injured for a little bit this season, uh, but uh, you know they're happy with his progress and everything. You know, nothing's really changed as far as what Penn State thinks of him. I do think it's interesting that Terry Smith is doing the in-home visit with Christian driver, considering Christian driver wants to play wide receiver and Terry Smith is the defensive back coach. Uh, now, of course he would be a safety, which would make more sense for Anthony Poindexter, but, but I, that, recruit a good that, bit of Texas though, right? Terry does. That yeah. was my next point. Yeah. Terry does do Texas a little bit. Um, so it, w- it was also notable that I think somebody's going to do flowers. Um, or actually, no, I think that was Brent. And yeah, no, Brent's not going to be there anymore. So never mind. We'll no, leave that one no, off the off the right. But, but there were some interesting, you know, with Flowers and Driver. Those were the two guys that you know are kind of what positions they're going to be. But I think that was yeah, that was going to be Brent. And now we've scrubbed that from the uh, record. Uh, <laughs> so Dexter, anyway, Dexter, I believe, was the in home for him uh, at this point in time. Oh, was it? Was it for yeah. McCart? Okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's the interesting one there. Just with safety, uh, that could be something to keep an eye on. I mean, I've always felt that. Makai's future is best at safety, and originally it feels like he's more into that now than he was at one point too. But yeah, again, a lot of these are just kind of the, the staff doing in-home visits with the players that they need to lock up. We know Malik McNeil should be on Thursday with Troutline. We know Stubblefield should be uh, with Tyler Johnson. I believe that's Thursday as well. Uh, I will mention Deny. Deny is supposed to be tomorrow, so Thursday, December second. 
Uh, James Franklin will do an in-school visit since the Nye's at McDonough. Then they'll go over to Delaware in the evening and, and do it with the Nye's family. So those are the, those are the big ones uh, as far as, uh, you know, keeping the guys intact. And then, you know, they'll stop at a bunch of schools to meet with the coaches of top 2023 players. I mean, that's what Poindexter and Hal have been doing a lot. They've just been hanging, hanging out in the DMV. And every time, like every time those guys are on the road, it's like Baltimore, Washington, right. like almost all the time they're there. And then like Hal will do a random trip out to Wisconsin to meet with Jerry Cross and then boom, back to Baltimore, you know, working on those schools again. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the gist of it, man. It's really just focusing on these 2022 guys, making sure they get locked up. Uh, you know, of course they'll, they'll work on Derek Moore. I wouldn't be surprised if J- James Franklin did an in-home with Derek Moore next week. Uh, I'm trying to learn more on Emil Wagner. If, if Penn State wants I, – I know Penn State would want to do an in-home visit with him. It's just whether uh, the, the player's down with it now. Um, you know, there's other guys too. You know, Aiden Gabiro was committed to Notre Dame. I'd be curious to see. You know, that was somebody who they really liked. He's a defensive end. But, you know, I'm just kind of throwing names out there. I don't, I don't have true information. Those are guys I will be working on. But – we, only time will tell. We got uh, 10 more days to figure this stuff out. So stay tuned. All right. BlueWayIllustrated.com for the latest Penn State football news and notes, recruiting updates, and more. Ryan, it's been another edition of the Recruiting Podcast. And like we said, things are going to move quick here, folks, whether it's recruiting, whether it's Brent Pry, whether it's other assistants, whatever. Uh, things happen fast. So stay up to date with us. Blue White Illustrated. You can find us on Twitter at Penn State on 3. YouTube.com slash Blue White Illustrated. Ryan, any final thoughts before we close this out for the first episode of December? Um, No. I mean, I'll be curious to see if some transfer guys do pop up on campus here in the next 10 days. It's it's very, again, it's quiet there. We know there's a ton of guys in the portal. They just got to figure out who they're going to target and, and try and get them on campus immediately. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about, if we hear about a transfer portal, you know, candidate getting on campus here in the next 10 days. Uh, the only big visit weekend we know is going to be December 11th and the 12th. And that's going to be the majority of the guys who are committed is coming up, having kind of one last family reunion kind of thing. I know, is it, is it, I forget who it was. Is it, I think it's JB Nelson and Alex Spaketa. I believe those are the last two who haven't done true official visits. So they will do a true official visits that weekend. And then a ton of guys will come up for unofficial visits and, you know, just kind of a one last get together uh, before they sign. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a good weekend for guys to, to hang out, get to know each other, for families to hang out, get to know each other and, you know, celebrate the future. That's that's mainly the gist of it. All right. He's Ryan Snyder. I'm Greg Pickle. And you've listened to another edition of the Blue White Illustrated Penn State Recruiting Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.